This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. the same as they were you know during the game and after the game uh it was it was about the the, the mechanics of the officiating you know i never had an issue with the formation uh never even brought that up it wasn't about the formation at all 
uh, and I had a chance to talk to, to Bill Vinovich during the game, and he addressed it. He said that was right. Um, you know, there's a, a certain timing that goes with that in terms of in terms of the referee getting back in position to referee the game. And uh, the ball was being snapped so quickly, he didn't have a chance to do that. Plus, the other interesting thing is, is that the signal for an eligible receiver and an ineligible receiver is the same. So it's a little difficult to determine what the officials actually signaling in the heat of battle when it's done that quickly. So Bill was great about it. He said he would he would he would slow it down. Um, you know, I think he went over and told their sideline the same thing, and we didn't see it after that. So I thought it was well handled. Talking to the league after, you know, since then, Dean has told me that it's being looked at, mechanics are being looked at, and, and some changes will have to be made. And so, you know, I'm in no way did I think it determined the outcome of the game. You know, I was asked about it and, and answered it. Welcome to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here, live from the ESPN New Hampshire studios. And in front of me, back, back where he belongs. Good to see you, Murph. This is Justin Sullivan, my producer. Hello, Sully. How we doing? How we doing? We're doing great. Fantastic job on the intro there. I love how you didn't forget that there's also, oh, another big game in Boston sports tonight other than it's the rivalry Patriots, night. Ravens. It's, it's rivalry night in Boston sports, folks. And I hope you got the two TVs ready, or you can do the split screen. You, you know, to out something I, tonight. I was thinking to stick. I was going to stick around Nashua tonight. I had a free room thrown at me from uh, my good friend Jeremy uh, from Coors Light, but uh, you know, I was going to maybe hit the pubs here and uh, watch a game. But I'm saying, like, no, 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 no. This is one of those nights where I need to be sitting be in home. front of my yeah. TV in control of the TV, going back and forth and what have you, and pausing and rewinding and all that. This is going to be an epic Boston sports night, and uh, two great rivalries about to do battle here in the regular season of their respective seasons. The Bruins and the Habs get it going first at 7.35, face-off on Nesson. Big thanks to Jack Edwards uh, this past Friday joined us. Great interview with him. And uh, him and Brick will have the call for Nesson, and we will be going to Montreal twice during this show. Nice. Uh, first at 3.40, we will welcome on my good friend from CTV Montreal, Brian Wild. He's a great guy, very intelligent man, and uh, gave me a shot up there, put my Anglo-English-Irish face on the, on the tube up there. He's a brave man. <laughs> Put a guy from Boston doing sports talk on <laughs> Montreal TV. But Brian Wilde was willing to do it, and we did well. Him, Francois Gagnon, and I, we, we formed a great trio, and uh, I miss those times. And we will talk about that and the Bruins Canadians with Brian Wilde from CTV Montreal at 340. And then more Bruins coverage in the final hour at 505. We'll go back right into the Bell Center where Joe Haggerty of Comcast Sports New England will be joining us but in between there, we got tons of Patriots Ravens talk, and uh, Justin and I will, will will start talking about that in just a bit, and, uh, and then we got an open segment between us. Uh, we'll go over our NFL picks. Justin made a uh, monstrous comeback, and the yes, old man is sir. back behind the eight ball again. <laughs> I don't think I won a game in the one o'clock. I got, I got, I was watching the one o'clock. Going, wow, this is really good. Wow, this is, oh wow, this is really yeah. working out for me. 
and we lost a couple of the the joint games, but all the games we picked against each other, which yeah. is at the very and end you, too, you, they all flipped. You want to hear? Me. You want to hear how <laughs> how much I'm killing myself right now too? So one of the few games that I had right, yeah, because I had the Giants yes, last night. Correct. Yep, you had that one. Yep. No, but you know what I did with uh, my bow dog? I'm chasing. I'm down a little and. Uh, Bodog, I said, I'm going to put a, uh, and I nail it, had the under, yeah, <laughs> under 46 and a half, and I decide to go the other way, and I'm like, no, you know, the Cowboys keep covering, they keep proving me wrong, <laughs> I'm going to go Cowboys, <laughs> and I switch it last second, uh, yeah, and I went Cowboys and the under, and that was that, yeah. Nice, well done. <laughs> always stick with your gut, even if your gut has been wrong 13 yeah. times until that point, yep. stick with always it. stick with Stay your gut. With it. So uh, we'll go over that game uh, with Cole Wright later on. And before him, we're going to talk to Chris Price, who will be calling us on his way to Foxborough for the Ravens and the Patriots Monday night football. Doesn't get any better than this, man. Getting all those clips earlier just started rehashing all these memories. I'm like, wow, this is going to be This is one of those, you know, everyone talks Pat's Jets, but this is one of those. this is the rivalry. This is it. This is one of those where there's something always happens in one of these games. It's always... A blood or the bath. Broncos. It's this or the Broncos. Exactly. It's always a bloodbath. And it's oh, by the way, something going on. They play the Broncos next week. Yeah. By the way, Broncos, too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My dad I got, kept, I my got dad, one thing to say about yeah. them. Hee haw. Yeah. <laughs> my dad kept coming down, and, and we, I had Red Zone on because Red Zone's the best for yeah. NFL Sunday. And they, they kept flashing back. He's like, they still haven't scored? They have, oh, how are they not scored? How? I'm like, Dad, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> they don't have wow. a quarterback. I'm sorry, but Trevor Simeon is below average. He's not even average. They don't have a quarterback. When you don't have a quarterback in this league, look what happens. You can't score. You can't win games that way. That was a joke, really. That's a joke. And to see how far they have fallen, you know, whoever have, wh- would have ever thought that they would be missing a Peyton Manning who couldn't throw more than five yards down the field. Yeah. Or a or a Brock Osweiler in a system that worked for them. That's unbe- It's unbelievable how far they've fallen. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad what's <laughs> going on there. But of course, I don't care what happens this week. They're always going to be a tough game in Denver. That's next week yeah. for the Patriots. But let's stick to this week, and we've got a heck of a heck of a game ahead of us. So a heck of a show lined up. And of course, we can't forget to mention who we have on in the final segment of the of show. Our good man Gabriel Morenci. The man like to I miss said, the legend. In the crossover, uh, Gabe could be in rough condition. Uh, we've seen some of his tweets, and he had uh, his big company parties and yeah. anniversary and all that. He looked like he had a fun weekend, <laughs> but I don't know how fun Monday morning is uh, right now. Another so, Domino's uh, trip? Yeah, another Domino's trip on the air for uh, Gabriel Morenci joining us from Toronto uh, from Fantasy Sportsnet. He'll, uh, he'll help us break down the Monday night football game. And it's never too early to start looking into some of these bowl games. I think they'll start up this week, right? Yeah, there's only about five five thousand two hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, so you got to start soon. So uh, we'll take a peek into that. But uh, before we get into Patriots, Ravens, Bruins, Canadians, the NFL. Oh, the NFL, <laughs> the National Fraud League, the National Hypocrite League. I know where you're going with this one. The <laughs> We clearly have a vendetta against the Patriots League and Tom Brady. And yeah. And furthermore, while I'm at it, the national media that covers sports and specifically the NFL right now should be absolutely ashamed of themselves, should relinquish their position that they have with every news outlet that they're with right now and move on to another job. 
Until I see somebody have the, you know what, between your legs <laughs> and the decency to stand up to the NFL and not be the robots that you are and, and the mouthpieces for the NFL that you are and for Roger Goodell, I don't want to ever hear from you again. Okay? We got one good guy we have on this show, and he tells it like it is, even though he works for the NFL Network, and that's Cole Wright, and he's joined us later. He works for the league. But he at least will, I know, he will tell it like it is when we ask him later about the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers, according to the Giants, allegedly allegedly deflated their balls. Now, I'm not saying the Steelers are guilty by any means. This isn't a rant on the Steelers. This is a rant on the National Football League and the media that covers it. This is pathetic what's going on right now. How is this not a story? I don't care that the Rams fired Jeff Fisher. (laughs) Who cares? He stinks. The Rams stink. Why don't you make the big deal you made about Tom Brady and the Patriots the week before the Super Bowl? Oh, and by the way, they still shoved it down your throat and won the Super Bowl. Why don't you suspend Ben Roethlisberger for four games? Mm. Mm. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. He's allowed to rape people, too. That's okay, right? Domestic violence, rape, murder, assault. All that's okay. But not if you're Tom Brady. You can't can't deflate balls. Oh, and we don't even have proof that you deflated balls. But we're still going to act like you did. (laughs) And we're still going to shame you and tarnish your name. Despite the fact that you're the best player to ever play in our league. The best quarterback ever. And now the Steelers are accused of the same thing. And you immediately within an hour come out and throw it under the carpet? I'm sorry. I'm just tired of this league, man. Joke. And you know, if I wasn't such a sports fan and I wasn't such a, a football fan, I would protest and not talk about you on my show. And there might come a week where we have to do that. We just completely ignore the NFL. It's just, it's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic that there is nothing being made of this right now. And that they're just going to walk free like nothing happened because it's not Tom Brady and it's not the Patriots. This is proof. This is absolute proof that that was all about Tom Brady. And anyone that won't say that right now in the national media are hypocrites and cowards. Cowards. All right. That's my rant on that, Sully. <laughs> well done. Well done. No, I, I 100% agree. How, how could you let this just – this is a, a non-story. How could Ray Rice get, what, three? Ended up with two, and Tom Brady gets four. Ray Rice beats his girlfriend, and Tom Brady def- – allegedly, Tom Brady himself went in the locker room and deflated the footballs. It's not even like Tom Brady was even involved in the whole thing. It wasn't even him, and he gets four games for it? Are you, are you kidding me? And really? you drag it through the mud and, and, and you, you keep you going insult him. And it comes back up this year again and he finally serves his suspension. And then this comes up and it's, oh, wait a minute. It's wait, no big deal it's no now? Big deal. And absolutely no big deal. I'm in Florida and I see this on my phone. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's going to happen again. Something's going to happen. And I come back and I get off the plane and I haven't heard a word about it. Nothing. Nothing. It just disappeared from the time and I left that, Florida to get here. That bum, Roethlisberger, can sit there and joke about it? Yeah. What would have happened if Tom Brady said, oh, yeah, we throw nerfs around? What would have happened if he said that? Huh? It would have been six, not four. Chris Mortensen would be writing his epic essay, blasting him. (laughs) The complete every word fed to him from the NFL. Uh, mm -hmm. Huh? Where's Chris Mortensen right now? Call yourself a journalist? You're a joke. This all comes up this week, too, because it started with the Ravens. 
It started with the Ravens. You're and an the next absolute week. joke. Oh, yes. It's all absolute, absolute joke of a journalist, Chris Mortensen. And I know you're sick, and I wish you good health, but that doesn't change the fact that you're you're disgraced to journalism. An absolute disgrace. You had a chance to bury that, to prove to the fans in the, uh, of New England and to prove to those who support Tom Brady and to prove to the Patriots that you are not simply a mouthpiece of the NFL. I mean, do you not think that I get things fed to me from sources of, of, of executives and teams when I, when I report hockey scoops on this show and when I have in the past writing? I'll still criticize those teams, though, when it warrants. When they deserve it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh, yeah. tell it like it is. Oh, yeah. And they understand it. They don't like it. But I don't work for them. And furthermore, if I did, I st- if I worked for Roger Goodell and I was in that situation, I would have quit. Because I'd be ashamed to work for such a fraud. A petty little fraud. Agenda. That's all it is. It's an agenda. God, I can't believe that. It, like, I, I'm just... Look at this. All they're talking about is Jeff Fisher. Yeah. We're watching e- ESPN. Who's horrible. The Roger Goodell Network. <laughs> Who's horrible, by the way. And Jeff by the Fisher's way, you awful. must be wondering, you know, oh, this is ESPN. No. We have, we have their tag name in front of us, but we don't work for the mothership in Bristol. We don't. And furthermore, if we did, I'd still be saying the exact <laughs> same thing I'm saying right now. Agreed. <laughs> I might be out of a job. I might not. You're telling it like it is. But, you know, I did work for ESPN. I worked for their Boston branch. And you know what? There were editors there who respected that. This is called journalism. This is called giving your opinion and backing it up. And we backed it up. The NFL is a joke. And Roger Goodell is a fraud and a petty little baby that went after Tom Brady on a witch hunt. And now when the same exact thing happens, it's no big deal. So, I don't know. Give me a call if you want to vent a little. We got an open segment coming up. 603-883-9900. I guess it would be uh, Chris Long 100. Yeah. Chris Long 100. Yeah, that works, yeah. 9900. Call us up. Shoot me a text. At Murphy's Law 74. The show Twitter is at the stretch run NH. And the station Twitter is at ESPNNH. And uh, Brendan Quinn, I, I hope I, I told it like it is enough for you there. <laughs> Brendan was saying he was on Facebook looking forward to my rant. I think, if I, think I wasn't in such it. a good mood, because it's worse. Bruins, Habs, and Patriots, <laughs> Ra- Ravens, I would have spent the whole show on this. But you know what? I am in a good mood. It's Monday Night Football. It's Christmas time. We're not going to let Roger Goodell get us down. So stay with us here in the stretch run. We'll be back on ESPN New Hampshire. They found a way to kill me yet. Eyes burn with stinging sweat. Seems every
We've got it all here on ESPN New Hampshire. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Ah, welcome back, Sully. Appreciate that, man. There you go, buddy. Appreciate that. You ever see that show? Or are you uh, too young? That's a too young, but I appreciate the song. Oh, great, great show. <laughs> Mr. Cartel! Mr. Cartel! Yeah, you gotta, you gotta yep. uh, check that show out. I'm sure you can get episodes on YouTube. Of course. John Travolta was in it. You can get anything on YouTube. Hey, it was John Travolta's early days there, man. Nice, nice. My favorite character was Horseshack, though. Oh, 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 oh. Mr. Carter. Yeah, it's a great show. Great show. Stretch on here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host. That is Justin Sullivan, the board op. Welcome back, my friend. And uh, So how was Disney World? It was good. It was good. Yeah, I, yeah, I talked to you on that. Seeing the kids smile and everything? Oh, yeah. It was just, nice. you know, everyone talks about it being this money pit. And it is, absolutely. A hundred percent. Every time you come out of a ride, it's a shop. You know, it's just, yep. it's all about, you know, the whole experience. But. I mean, the kids are all ages nine to two. There's eight of them, nine to two. So nine, eight, seven, six, five, all the way down. And going on rides, hanging out. We rented a house just outside of Orlando, did the pool, all of it. It was just, it was a blast. And the kids loved it. Had a blast. Nice. How was the travel? Any delays? Travel was good. You know, surprisingly, there wasn't any Nonstop or what? Nonstop all the way, you know, back and forth. Um, For three or for five of the kids, it was their first plane ride. So that was the whole thing in itself. And, you know, everything else was good. There was no travel issues. We didn't lose any bags. You know, it was pretty smooth. And whole week was nice. It was nice weather. The only day that we had bad weather, it poured on Tuesday. And Friday, it dropped down to a, a 60 degrees. We all freaked out. We're like, oh, it's cold. And then we get up here. I get home yeah. last night. And then it starts snowing. I'm like, all right, back to reality here. We're back in New England. We got snow on the ground, slush this morning. I had to wipe off my car. I was like, I, can we just go back? Can I go back to, like, the 80-degree Florida weather, it was awesome. It was the best trip. My love, love being with the kids and the family. It was awesome. Just a blast. Good stuff, my friend. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, we, uh, you came back in the picks, but I'm actually looking at it. I'm not, I'm not that far off on you here. No, no. You, no, we, we, you're we what? You're seven and seven, and I'm six and eight. Yeah, we lost. And into Monday Night Football. We, I lost a lot of, we lost a lot of joint games. So it wasn't like I gained a ton of ground on you there. You know? Right. The losses we had were most of the losses so we had. So we're going to have to do an over under for tonight. Most likely. Now that I look at it, yeah. So we have to just in case. I mean, oh no, because we have two different teams, right? No, but I mean, if you win, if I win and yeah, you lose, we'll tie, yeah. we'll tie. So yeah, we, let's, uh, let's see what that over under is. And then we'll go over some of the games. Because uh, there were some good ones yesterday, as Christian was saying. There, yeah, yeah. This is fun, man. This is fun this time of year. Like, you can never, not fun being a gambler, but. Tight games. Christian said it too. Games matter now. Games, this is December. Yeah, and games teams that you think you know? are mailing it in aren't. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes. Well, the Rams have. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, most teams, they do play for pride. And you got to remember, these guys are playing for jobs for next year, too. True. Yep. 
Now, that's one thing people forget. So, ooh, look at this. Patriots spread has gone down to six. Yeah, see, uh, what do we have? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I was wow. like, that's a, uh, sorry, that's a no-brainer. A lot I'm of people take, taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens. But as of now, the over-under is 45. What do you like in this uh, I like the under. I'm staying with. Ooh, I'm, see, I'm the same way. I'm staying, I'm staying with what, with, you know, what I said when I made the pick on Thursday. I think this is. This is one of those games where the Ravens don't fear you. They're not afraid of you. They're not afraid of you. They're not afraid of coming in here and playing. They're not afraid of anything about your team. They're going to come in. They're going to bruise you. They're the number one ranked defense stat-wise in the league. They're sixth or seventh in passing and number one in run defense. All right. So it's going to be a bruising game. It's got to be a, a you know one of those low-scoring 24, you know, low, low games. Really. Low. All right. I'm going to go over just yep. to make it easy. So I'll go over. <laughs> Over 45, you got under 45. It's going to be a battle. That will be it. We will we'll see what happens with that tonight. But let's look back at some of these games that were uh, in the NFL. And uh, one game that I really enjoyed was the Bill Steelers. Oh, yeah. It was more Classic. so for the optics yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Classic. Just the snow going and, uh, and the teams out there trying to um, brush off those pellet things. Oh, yeah. What the hell is up with that? <laughs> what are these plastic pellets that kept coming up? No idea. Are they no from the clue. turf? Is that I, basically assuming, what it was? I'm assuming because most, like around like at Stella Stadium here, they have those black pellets, and there's been a whole huge so debate about them. So when they plow them. over them, it was... It would come up. Yeah, it was come not, up. Okay, they were making them resurface. I yeah. see. Yeah, that was craziness, man. I mean, Love Bell had himself a game, as, as yeah, right will, I remember will say, I, you know. I was getting a lot of... Uh, catching up on a lot of house chores and stuff yesterday yeah. while I was watching that, and so I ran a... Uh, downstairs to switch the laundry and then I had to take the trash out and you know I, I'm like ah oh, second half probably already started I come back and it still hasn't started yeah, yet yeah. I mean they're still sitting there I'm like what the <laughs> hell is going on here but uh man Levy and Bell he's, what he's, a game he he's had a, he is a uh, I've, I talked about it when we played Pittsburgh he's a, one of those type of backs that just slows everything down it's not even like he's a speed demon or like he breaks it on you he goes so slow it's it's he's such a pace back that he looks like he's going 100 miles an hour when he starts to go. He's so patient, such an uh, unreal back. He's yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he pretty much single-handedly won it for the Steelers yeah. over the Bills there. And of course, uh, a lot of feeling today that Rex Ryan's head would be the one that would yeah, it came get shopped first. It like, came out Saturday that if you know lost a game, nothing was, yet, right? I haven't heard anything yet. No, instead it was, it was Jeff, Jeff Fisher, Fisher who got an extension to a week ago. Which so yeah, made zero sense. Unless you got way. an extension, Rex, you're fine. <laughs> you know? Oh no, that's just if you you work with the Rams. Uh, the yes. other game uh, that surprised both of us, we both had the Colts minus six and a half. What the heck is going on there? That was a mess. That was a mess. And all of a sudden, the Texans want to show That's up and play defense. That's a coach needs to be fired. Oh, God, yeah. He's yeah. brutal. He was, what I was he thinking he, on that fourth and one? I thought he was done last year. I thought well, what, he was done what, last year. What was he thinking there? A mess. A mess. They're they are horrible. What a brutal call and, there. The fact and that the Texans Houston, have been brutal. They lost exactly. three in a row. The fact that they, the Texans want to play for some the, reason. The Texans have won. By the way, though, you know why the Texans are still in it? And I didn't realize it until yesterday, and that's my fault. It's not my due diligence that I did there. They were saying during the game, they haven't lost in the division yet. That's the only reason they're in it. Stop it. Oh, my God. So you can essentially suck, they're but like, if you go undefeated like in your division. In they're like the, the, one of the worst teams in de- defense. Yeah, they have no J.J. Watt. They have nothing. And they decided to show up and they're play boring yesterday. They're offense. Like, get out of here. And, and to top it God. off, that was only their second win in franchise history in <laughs> What is now the Lucas Oil 
Stadium oh. Dome, whatever. It used oh to be RCA Dome. Yeah, that, it's only their second win at Indianapolis. That was in almost going to be my history. lock of the week. That was almost going to be my lock of the week. I saw it. Uh, you know who had the Texans? Oh. Gabe. Oh, my God. This, this Gabe's rolling. They're, just, they're so bad. They're so now, bad. That defense is so bad. You think Andrew Luck, all right, you can at least pass for a couple touchdowns and take care of business there. Good no. call by you on the uh, Chicago Bears covering the seven and a half points. I just, I felt that Chicago Well, here's my thing. On the, I'm, good, I'm always, you know? so from here on in, I'm never taking the Lions against yeah. the spread <laughs> because the Lions apparently just don't like to play with the lead. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? We're winning with three minutes left? No, nope. no, 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 no. Can't no, have no. that. Okay, here, Chicago, you guys take the lead and we're going to make our <laughs> comeback. That's how we do it here can't in Detroit. Can't have that. They seriously... Don't like playing with the lead. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a joke actually. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, I, you know, I heard Christian talking about they. He said, "Oh, who have they beat? They actually beat New Orleans in New Orleans, yeah. which was a pretty big. That's win. pretty good win, yeah. Um, but you know, the like they just don't like playing. It's hilarious. Yeah, that they can't play with the lead apparently. Yeah, they and need, then they need to be uh, another one that uh, surprised me was the um, the Redskins. That was a, a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Tight game. Yeah. Tight game. So NFC East battle, I guess that's why. Uh, you had the Seahawks. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't show you what Earl Thomas means to that yeah, team. Yeah, that was a, was a he eye-opener. Is, he's the engine that makes that defense go. I, I figured they'd be okay. I figured they had enough pieces. They'd figure it out. And I thought that was going to be a closer game than it was. I thought Russell Wilson would be better than he was. On, but On that note, I don't even – what about the defense? It's yeah. just a tro- Yeah. On that note, now a couple years back when they won the Super Bowl and then the year they lost to the Patriots, yeah, who was the big guy that everyone talked about on defense? It was Richard Sherman, right? Yeah. Because I mean, obviously he's because he, he, yeah, he talks he yeah. talks about himself too, yeah. but he was good. I mean, he, yeah. he could back. He's lost a step. Oh yeah, he's lost a step, and he's a different. And furthermore, it tells he's me he's not the guy that can carry a defense. No, 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 no. He's not. He's not the Darrell Reeves shut down a side. He's not the heart of a defense. Yes. Yeah, he, the heart of that defense is Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. Yeah, period. And you know? they lost and half really of that when, heart. And when they won the Super Bowl, Brandon Browner was on that team. Remember too, he was the other cornerback. He That's was the right. real. He was the real guy that was setting tones and and him and Cam Chancellor on one side of the defense laying guys out. That was that defense. Richard Sherman just made the plays because he can't. He's he is a great quarterback, but he's not that shut down one side take you out kind of guy. He makes the plays when they're there, but for the most part, he can get beat on a lot of plays. He really can. And it, yeah. it shows that Earl Thomas is going to have that much of an effect on that team. So the Seahawks could be in some trouble, man. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, it's only, what, two weeks ago we were looking at them, or a week ago, as and we were looking this at, team's going to motor through to the playoffs yeah. and right and into was, the Super Bowl. We were all saying, uh, Pat's, Pat's Seahawks, that could yeah. happen there. You know, It still could, but they seem to have had their momentum halted. And, and don't look now. And I, I told you, I'll tell it like it is. I don't like them. I can't stand Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. But props. Props well. in, man. They, they're catching fire at the right time. Uh, I mean, they are really rolling right now. But the thing is, now they can't sneak up on people. I think they were, in the last two weeks, they were able to sneak yeah. up on, on teams. Uh, teams will pay attention to that right now. Falcons, I mean, yeah, I know they, th- they throttled the Rams. Big deal. But it was a big deal, I think, because the Falcons have been sliding. Yeah, and they needed to get They needed, they to, needed the to just let yeah. it out, you know. So that's a big win for them. And then uh, last night, the Cowboys go into <sighs> MetLife, take on a division rival. And I said I switched it at the last second. I won in our pool here. I took the Giants. But um, I'll tell you, that was an interesting game to me. It was a really interesting game. And it reminded me a lot of Thursday night with the Raiders and yeah. the Chiefs. 
And I said on the show Friday, I think there's a giant question mark around the Raiders right now because the, for the first time all season, yeah, the Raiders were in a game where you had the elements of a playoff game yeah. on the road. Okay, yes. so you had freezing cold. Hostile environment. Hostile environment. Uh, a division rival. You know, a big game. Spotlight game. Prime time. And they didn't show up. <laughs> Well, they showed up, but they but they lost. <laughs> they 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 didn't they right? didn't look as good as they should have. Yes, Cowboys, young team. All right, the one thing motoring I through. One thing, I and feared. then they come in. Same type of scenario. Sunday night football. Raiders were Thursday night football, so Sunday night football on the road. Division rival, freezing cold, hostile crowd, and they didn't win. Yeah. So what does that tell us about well, how ready these teams are for the playoffs? I, that was my one thing with Dallas, and I said it on Thursday. You know, they've showed up in every single game so far, and I haven't had any issues with them. You know, in big games, and they show up on Thursday and, and you know Thanksgiving game and all that. Last night was for the division. Yeah. That, this this game really meant something. It's one thing to right. win on on Thanksgiving Day. It's cool. That's your thing. You play on Thanksgiving. When you're playing for a division, it's a whole other level of intensity, and yeah. that defense. Cole, Cole's nailed it. The, the team that was, you know, surprising people and going to make a comeback, the Giants, that defense is legit. Landon oh, Collins is awesome, an man. animal. Landon yeah. Collins is an animal. And nobody's talking about it. And nobody's talking about this On team. On the stretch run, by the way. You know, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's talking about this team. And that was my first time really getting to see the Giants up close and personal. They're legit. They're legit. They have a, they have a secondary. They always have a pass rush. Have the Giants ever not had a pass rush? They always have a pass rush. Yeah. So... They have everything they need on the defensive side. It's about Eli Manning and, and making some plays on offense. So, and they did enough a tough team. yesterday. Another you know? team that seems to always catch fire at the right yeah. time. Listen, we'll talk a little more NFL and Patriots in the next hour. Chris Price and Cole Wright. But before that, we're going to get into some Bruins tabs right now. Welcome on an old friend of mine from CTV Montreal. Brian Wild joins us in the next segment to take a look at the Bruins' arch rivals, the Montreal Canadiens tonight, here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On 5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. 
The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th at Nashua High School South. This year's event features girls and boys teams from Nashua South, Nashua North, Alvern, Salhegan, Milford, Goffstown, and Merrimack, along with special appearances from the famous Chick-fil-A Cows. Games start at 10 a.m. each day, and tickets are available at the door. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th. More info at nhsportspage.com. There's no better place to watch football than Buffalo Wild Wings. Monday night, Thursday night, or all day Sunday, visit your local Buffalo Wild Wings at 8 Loudon Road in Concord or inside the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester for the best football watching experience. While you're there, grab a Bud or Bud Light Hall Draft for only $3.49 or a Goose Island IPA for $4.99 all December long. Join the fun for Bud Light Wednesday night trivia at Buffalo Wild Wings where you can test your knowledge and win great prizes like ski tickets. Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord and Manchester. Wings, beer, sports. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for one game playing in the wild card game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in this starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's all I need to know. One game, one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. You've probably heard me talk about this sleep number bed, how it's changed the way I sleep. My sleep number is 60. I've had the bed for over six years now. This bed, this mattress, has helped improve the lives of close to 8 million people. Sleep number's done it again, though. they got something called dual temp. It's a revolutionary temperature balancing layer with active air technology. The dual temp can be added to any mattress, even if you don't have a sleep number bed. Active air technology heats or cools each side with a simple touch of a button. From head-to-toe comfort, just like the Sleep Number bed, it's dual-sided, so you can select the ideal temperature and sleep exactly the way you would like. Only one place in the world where you're going to find the dual-temp layer. That's a Sleep Number store near you. Tell them I sent you. Right now, they got great innovations there. they got sales going on as well. Up to $800 off Sleep Number memory foam and i-series bed sets. There's 400 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find one near you by calling 1-800-SLEEP-25. 1-800-SLEEP-25. Does your child have dreams? Some babies are born with skid, a serious defect of the immune system. Fortunately, my daughter Lily was screened, diagnosed, treated, and cured. With newborn screening, Lily and every child can have a lifetime of dreams. All newborns need to be screened for skid. A simple test may save your baby's life. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, helping children reach for their dreams. To learn more, talk to your doctor or visit our website at info4pi.org. We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire.
shoulder shot. Let's go! Get to the And welcome back to the stretch run here in ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. And that was the scene at the Bell Center Saturday as the Montreal Canadiens erupted for 10 goals against the lowly Colorado Avalanche. Oh, yeah, the lowly Colorado Avalanche that beat your Boston Bruins on Thursday night. So I don't know what that says about tonight. But on to talk about this game tonight and all things Canadians is an old friend of mine, very good man from the city of Montreal, from CTV Montreal, Brian Wild. Brian, how you been, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good, my man. I, I, I miss you and uh, Frankie and our, our chats on CTV. <laughs> Yeah, those were those were good times. Absolutely, it was great having you here. Yeah, we had some fun there, my friend. And uh, how has the season been going for you? Very well. Well, they're first in the league, so there hasn't been a ton of controversy compared to last year, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Though, you know, interestingly enough, I was going to bring up something like that, and one guy that did have some controversy around him in the summer, and and it appears this this season as recently as two weeks ago. Uh, has silenced it with his play and four goals the other night, and that's Max Pacioretty. Uh, talk to us about the season that he's had both on and off the ice and how he's handled uh, the everlasting scene that is the Montreal media and, and the Canadians in Montreal. Well, he certainly benefited from having Shea Weber there in terms of what's been asked of him a, a leadership role, and he's also benefited from having Carey Price back who is a goalie, and you wouldn't think they wouldn't be necessarily the captain on the team, but everybody knows Carey Price is the de facto captain on the team and isn't named such because he's a goalie. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't in the room at all last year either. And Shea Weber, who was a good leader, wasn't in the room either. So he's had a lot of those responsibilities and learning experiences kind of taken away from him a little bit, which is a good thing, allows him to concentrate on hockey. Not to say he's not the captain still, he's the captain, but it's not sort of that feeling where you're, by yourself on an island. He's got a lot of good support. Um, as far as the season for Max, and I know he's a, he's a, he's a big thing down in that area where he's from, um, he had a broken foot for a while that uh, no one really knew about it. They kept hmm. it a secret for a month, a hairline fracture, and it really hasn't even made the, the media in a large scale. I don't even know if it got that. to the U.S. Yeah. He kept it quiet. And his skating was off. And there were a lot of people, Murphy was thinking, oh, boy, that injury he had in his knee has stopped his skating from being what it once was. And if he can't have any breakaway speed, how's he going to get that shot off? And it could be the degradation of his career starting. But then we learned after that one of the reasons was he had that fracture. And as a result, he couldn't have that same stride. And he's been good now for about a week. Uh, and his game is completely turned around after getting that straight, uh, skating stride back, and he's red hot right now off of that. You know, there was some talk. I, I saw a couple people bring it up, both within Montreal and nationally, uh, and one of them, surprisingly, was Bob McKenzie kind of touched on it, and then I heard uh, uh, Darren Drager mention it, that maybe, you know, they might think of asking him 
uh, or maybe he'll do it himself to give that C up to Weber next year. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about that. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, that would really be surprising. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it, you know, there was one other thing that we haven't touched on uh, is that uh, he had to go through was this rumor that was pretty hot and heavy for a while because it came from a pretty respected person on the French side of the media here in the city that uh, Michel Therrien at a golf course suggested that Max was the worst captain the Canadians have had. Now, this was denied top to bottom inside the organization, but it had some life to it. So that was no fun for him as well. Yeah, and I know it's tough when you have things like that. And look, I I haven't, uh, I don't exactly, uh, let's say I don't have a good track record with Max, and I don't approve of some of the things that I've been told he said or done. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I, I do know what a tough job it is to hold that C in Montreal. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't think it's fair, you know, some of the stuff he has, some of the criticism he has gotten in terms of that and in terms of maybe, you know, he should give it up to Weber. Right now, people just need to live in the moment. And, and sure enough, as it always does, Brian, it, when, when they win, when he succeeds, all that stuff quiets down. And, and that's all that has to happen there. And he's answered it with his play on the ice, so good for him. But I want to do, t- I do want to talk about Weber and the leader he's become on and off the ice there because... I just think that, you know, both you and I are huge fans of P.K. Subban. We did not like to see him leave. But at the same time, hey, if they were going to trade P.K. Subban, they got an amazing player back in Shea Weber, huh? Hey, he has been everything that they could have hoped for, for sure. Uh, he's the, the power play was horrible last year. They bring in two very big forces to make it better this year. Force number one, or I should say three, actually. Force number one, Alexander Radulov, who's been unbelievable. Mm. Force number two, Shea Weber, who's been just excellent. Look at the plus-minus. Look at the goals for and against. Look at the way he settled down the team. And then number three, the guy who's actually handling the power play, is assistant coach, co-coach, Kirk Muller. So they've gone from bottom three in the league to five. And that's a big rotation, and that's responsible in today's NHL for a lot of goals, percentage-wise. Those three big factors have turned down the power or turned around the power play completely. And then in the room, that leadership. I mean, he's, he's quiet, right? I mean, he's a very mm. quiet leader, but when he speaks, he's a lot like Gary Price. People listen because he doesn't talk just for the sake of talking. He's got something to say, uh, and he's a big physical force, too. So he kind of carries that power with him around the room and on the ice. So he's made a big difference there in the room. And, of course, anybody can see what he's done on the ice, the point totals, the plus-minus. The changing the complexion of the game, too. I'm not one for so much being the guy that says um, intimidation or physicality is necessarily important at the NHL level. All these guys get here for a certain reason. They can handle that. They're not going to shy away from it. But I've seen some changes of behavior, for sure, when – someone as big as Shea Weber comes at you, uh, and he's standing up for his teammates in a way that the Canadians really haven't had in a lot of years. And it is making a difference. You can see there uh, some of the guys that might be a little bit wallflowers when it gets a little messy are uh, handling things with a little bit more aplomb than they used. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, and that's where I was actually going to great minds think alike. That was going to be my next question is, you know, how is that intimidation factor uh, help the rest of the team? And you just answered it right there. And I, I think, you know, look, 
as we look at this game, we've had the discussion on air and off air, you and I, Brian. It's it's evolving every year. It's becoming more of a speed and skill game, and, and rightfully so. But at the same time, we also see how it sort of reverts back to a gritty game in the playoffs. And that playoff hockey is much different than regular season hockey. Not that, that you... You don't need the skill. Of course you do. And I think the Chicago Blackhawks are a perfect example of the combination of both. But you do need that grittier side, that intimidation side. You need it for rivalry games like you have tonight with the Boston Bruins and the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that Mark Bergevin, while maybe you know it it wasn't translating on the ice, I, I feel like, and based on people I've spoken to that know him, that was his goal all along was to sort of filter that that grittiness and that intimidation into the Canadians lineup, but not to the point where they become, you know, the big bad Bruins, but more so where they become much like the Chicago Blackhawks, who, by the way, he worked for and clearly has has been influenced in, in many ways from. And and now you're seeing that with the Canadians, and I, I think that's where you're seeing their success. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. And in fact, the Canadians last year were known pretty much around the league as a pretty soft touch. Mm. They were they were what they referred to as a non ice pack game. You finish that game and you're looking around the locker room and nobody needs That's an awesome. ice pack. I like that. You just finished <laughs> playing the Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> and they were that, and, and they just really had no no force at all to put any fear in anybody, and everybody was kind of you know running around like there was no fear, and that's a bad thing in the NHL, and hockey has that to it. That's one of the reasons people love it. Mm. Uh, And so they add somebody like Shea Weber that adds that. They add Aradulov, and that adds that. And he's got great, too. Tonight, when you watch, he is absolutely a moose to take off the puck. I mean, good luck taking it. Max Pacioretty the other day said he's never met another player who defends the puck as well as he does. You cannot take it off him. And then add to that a third player is just an absolute pest to play and has had great playoff success, not on the back of being a super talented player, but being on the back of being a super pest is is Shaw as well. Oh, and guess what team he came from? Pardon? Guess what team he came from? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's the blueprint. I mean, you're right. I mean, Mark... uh, uh, was assistant GM there, and he, he's got a lot of background there, and he and he you know he took Philip Deneau, you know, yeah. right off oh, them as well, and he's up. been a really solid addition as well. And, and so when you look at the overall, you're 100 percent right. That was something that they were definitely concentrating on. They were a soft touch, and they still have a little bit of softness in them. You know, let's not be silly about this, but it's balanced a lot better. And some of that mm. softness uh, is from players that just got maximum speed. Yeah. Maximum speed. I mean, Paul Byron is, you know, by far and away to me the fastest player in the NHL. And when he had that uh, difficulty in Calgary, having a breakaway after breakaway, that it became a YouTube sensation. Then he never scored on them. He's finally got that figured out, and he's just scoring on a breakaway. He's even their choice for the shootout, and he just roofed one in LA. So um, it's a nice balance. They talk about speed all the time and taking away time and space from uh, from the defense, and that's what you're going to see tonight. That's been that's been their success is that speed, but now it's balanced off by, you know, skating in there a little bit with uh, more courage because of uh, some of the players that they brought in and they're making everybody stand a little bit taller than they did before. One of the things, uh, and this will be the last question to you, Brian, one of the things last year that Bergevin was criticized heavily for, and maybe rightfully so, was standing pat when, when things started to go down the tubes after Price got hurt and when the season just spiraled completely after that Winter Classic. Um you know, he loses two 
centers, two key players are obviously Galchenyuk having a uh, what you could say would be a breakout season, I think. And mm-hmm. he goes down, and then DeHarnay. And yes, they went and they they beat the Colorado Avalanche ten to one. But I mean, we know those games aren't going to happen every night. Um, what's your expectations on how he handles the center position going forward? Is he just going to hope that guys stand up and? And, you know, seize the opportunity? Or do you think he's diligently looking right now to maybe add some center depth while these guys are out? Well, when the two guys were first gone, the first home game was against the New Jersey Devils. And when we looked at the list of scouts, there was a record number of 20. Wow. And that kind of gave us an indication that he must be looking. Then yeah. the next night that dropped down significantly after pummeling the Devils with an easy win and 49 shots. Yep. And then they followed that up with 10. Now, admittedly, the Devils in Colorado aren't what we're going to see tonight. And this is going to be a fun one tonight oh, and yeah. a much stiffer test. But uh, with that said, down the middle, they put in Dano, uh, who has a little bit of a look at center early in the season and was excellent, and he's excellent now, too. Uh, then they also have Mitchell, who's having a really great year that no one had any expectation. And finally, they're getting a good response from Plekinitz, playing between Radulov and Pacioretty, mm. and he was having a lost season. So I think he said to himself, I better go get a center. But since they, the four, with Flynn as the last one of the four, are playing so well, maybe he's reevaluating that. And in six and eight weeks, uh, six to eight weeks, if they can keep you know at least playing just a bit better than 500 hockey, they have a really nice cushion atop the NHL standings, Murph. Yeah. So they should be able to make it through this. But you know what the very final thought I have for you here? What? This may be the end of David Dayarnay. Yeah. This injury is revealing that they've got enough center depth that he doesn't need to be there. The problem is who's going to take that contract, though? That's what I want. No one. But it ends this year. It ends this year, and I don't expect he's going to get another look from anybody in the league. We'll see. But I think he's near the end of his rope. And the other thing, too, when you tell these fans when they start crying for a trade, too, when somebody gets hurt... I think the famous saying is, and I don't know where I heard it, but when so- when you have a major injury like that, they're throwing you anvils, not uh, life jackets. That is the other NHL GMs to make a trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the hardest exactly. time to make a trade because they know they Absolutely. got you. So you got to be careful. They know they got you in trouble, and the last thing they're going to do is take uh, you out of that trouble. <laughs> exactly. Listen, it's Brian. The, you know what, Murph? It's yeah. the exact same thing when a guy announces that he that he demands a trade. Yeah. The GM goes, oh, great. Now Thanks, I got man. No chance <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I hear you. Hey, always a pleasure, my friend. It was great talking to you. I miss you, and uh, we'll catch up down the line, all right? Thanks for asking me, Murph. Good times. All right, good times. That is Brian Wild of CTV Montreal joining us. We'll have a little more of Bruins Montreal coverage as we get the Bruins side of things with Joe Haggerty from Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, in the beginning of the third hour. And by the way, we played some Almond Brothers earlier. <laughs> I know this is an odd time to say it during Tone Luke and Wild Thing, but of course we're playing that for Brian. But um, we played some Almond Brothers earlier. We opened a show with it, and I completely, because I got into my rant about the NFL, completely forgot to uh, wish a happy birthday to one of my favorite guitars, Dickie Betts, a young 73 today from the Almond Brothers. Happy birthday to Dickie Betts. I bet nobody will ever wish you a happy, or has wished you a happy birthday as Tone Luke played. Anyhow, this is the stretch run from ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. Wow, fine. Wow, fine. Wow, fine. Please, baby, baby.